And one thing that people note a lot when they look at Ardenberg Imaging and the data that you publish, you publish in megalux hours. And you also have a CDR, which is a conservation display rating, which describes a range of excellence. Could you, could you tell us uh, why you publish in megalux hours? Well, megalux hours is because if you look at environmental conditions, uh, you'll see that um, light in particular has a very huge uh, variability in the real world. Even if you just go into one single home, like the old historic Hyde House that is where Ardenberg Imaging is uh, located. If I take a light meter, a lux meter around, and I go from room to room and hallway to hallway, and I, and I actually put it in front of prints that are on display, somebody chose to put a painting in the, on the second floor hallway. Somebody chose to put a photograph in the, in the hallway that goes downstairs. Somebody chose to put one in a bedroom. Somebody chose to put one on display above the fireplace. In, in, the, in the main living room. When you take a light meter and you walk around and you see the way light plays inside the house, you'll, you'll see that there are areas that are 10 lux and there are areas, some areas where prints are seeing 1,000 lux. We're talking orders of magnitude difference. And so I realized that, we, that when we're talking about light fading, it's really about the exposure dose. It's really about megalux hours. That's what it is. It's a dose of energy that um, that will that the print can be subjected to, and then there's going to be a state, a condition state, that it looks like when it's been subjected to that amount of exposure. But how long it's going to take to get that exposure? That's that's classic photography. That's classic reciprocity law. Higher intensity, less amount of time gives the same exposure as is lower intensity and longer period of time. So uh, that's why we don't, that's why I think that, I, I think the industry made a mistake to try to simplify it and try to extrapolate it for the end user into years on display. I think it really, that's, that's the end user's role to do that. Just buy a $12, $15 light meter, get some, get some data on where this thing is going to be put. And then you can make the you can do the math. It's pretty easy, and and we give you tables and the reports and so on. It's it's not hard to figure it out, and you'll be surprised that you know something that got rated by the industry as being say a fifty year uh, lifetime. Well, it could be fifty years at five hundred lux. It could be uh, five hundred years at fifty lux. To give guidance and to try to summarize how a print process fades, um, given that it can take many pathways <laughs> along the along the aging route. So some start out really great and really strong. You keep giving them more and more light exposure, and they just hang in there until they start to rapidly decline. And so if we were to plot this on a curve, it would look like a waterfall curve, starting out, you know, long and slow, and then suddenly speeding up on some kind of a scale. This, the proper scale is an exposure scale. It's not a time scale. It's an exposure scale. So if you plot increasing exposure and you see that some systems start out and then they just start to drop really quickly. Others are fairly linear, okay, and then others start to go really rapidly and then they'll slow down. So the only way to fully characterize a system is to, in fact, plot the entire curve. You need more than one point. 
any single point can't tell you everything you might want to know about how that system behaves or how two systems behave in comparison. You could have two systems that start out very different in the early parts of the exposure, but they end up kind of looking alike at a certain level of exposure later on. And you can't really define that with just one rating or one point. So that's part of the the challenge of how do you create a rating to try to summarize what's going on. So I concluded that, and, 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 and more than that, you, you have to have an endpoint criteria or a failure criteria in mind. In other words, if, if you ask me how does something look at a, after a certain level of exposure, I have to describe it to you, um, but I also have, and and but if I'm going to just rate it and say this is the endpoint, this is where we've we're telling you that's the rating, I I have to have a uh, I have to have a criteria set. I have to have some kind of criterion in mind. So that's where we get into: Are we talking a little bit of fade, barely noticeable? more noticeable, easily noticeable, dramatically and significantly noticeable, like as in, wow, that's just totally objectionable. I can define this any way I want to. Any lab can define it as to, somewhere along that scale if we're, if we're just talking subjectively about noticeability. And, but I said, well, what, what does a curator want? What, what do I as a collector want? I, I don't want this thing to look bad on my watch. I don't, I don't want to say, oh, it's totally acceptable me to have it fade noticeably. So if I had to just pick one point along the aging curve, the one I would want to know is that period of excellence, the period where I can give it, I can allow it to have this much exposure and it still looks good. It doesn't look even easily or noticeably faded. It, it, it's bare, if it's noticeable at all, it's so subtle that you'd actually be hard-pressed to see it unless you had a direct side-by-side -side print. One not faded, one faded. You're looking at them really carefully, and you're going, oh, wow, there's just a little bit of here or a little bit there. So we can talk about barely noticeable or little or no noticeable fade. That's what the conservation display ratings are trying to summarize for you. They're saying, here's the exposure dose that it can tolerate or it can withstand, and it's still going to be along the part of its fading curve where we just don't see it as being faded or discolored. That's it. So the only other complexity here is that you would say, well, then why isn't it just one number? Why isn't it just, hey, the conservation display rating is 25 megalux hours? Why will you see a range in the in the Ardenberg database like, oh, it's from 30 to 70? Well, that's because your ability to perceive fade and discoloration is not just dependent on the process itself or the amount of exposure. It's actually image dependent. It's, it's actually an interaction with what are the colors and tones? How is this thing fading? And do those colors and tones mask the problem? Or do they exacerbate the problem? Let me give you a really quick example, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll bring it home. So imagine that I had a paper that just yellows badly. It starts to discolor, and, it, and the first thing you would notice is that the paper white margins are yellowing. Well, imagine I had a borderless print, so I've hidden all the margins. And I print a very, very dark, low-key 
print. Think of a bronze horse statue, statue, and we're just we're we're looking at just the 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 head of the horse, and it's filling the entire frame. And there are no highlights. There are midtones that are lighter and shadows that are that are darker, but it's filling the entire image um, with dark tones. Now imagine you take the same process, same printer, same paper, and you make a high key portrait a white wedding dress, a, 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 a light-skinned, blonde-haired lady in a white wedding dress, and it's filling the frame with just high-key values, and there's really very little deep shadows covering it. Well, that paper and the yellowing of that paper is much, you're going to see it much more easily, and you're going you're gonna to respond to that yellowing in that high-key portrait. And you're really, it's going to be kind of covered by the low-key portrait or the low-key picture of the bronze horse. So I'm just trying to get you to visualize this, but the fact that matters is that the image content, what you're actually printing, is a variable in this when, when will I observe some noticeable fade. And so that's, that means that there's a range. The, the lower limit of the CDR says... This is kind of the earliest you might see a problem, and it would because, and it would be because certain colors are allowing the problem to be seen, and certain colors and tones in the in the in the image are, are allowing the problem to be seen. The upper range is based on an average. It means more colors are now fading. We've gone to a higher dose, and everything, pretty much all the colors are now starting to subtly shift. Again, very subtle because we're talking about a conservation display rating, but that it's affecting almost all the colors now, or at least all the colors on average. So at that point, that's the upper range. That means at that point, pretty much any image, no matter what its image content, is likely to be at that stage where you're now beginning to notice things. So that is the basis of the range. And I, I know that's it's a, a little more complex um, to grasp than just a simple one number. Um, when you have a conservation display rating that where the range is very short, in fact, there's some where you'll see that the range goes from, say, 30 to 30. And you go, well, what does that mean? It means basically the thing is so uniformly fading or discolorating that none of the none of the colors get away with a free pass. So it's basically everything is going at the same time. The converse of that is what happens when you've got one that you go, oh, it goes from 10 to 100 megalux hours. It just means something, a, a, a select group of colors or tones are, are susceptible to to noticeable fading much sooner than the average colors and tones. So you get a bigger range. That's really the basis of the range when we talk about conservation display rating. If you had to pick, if you had to say, let's rate two, let me look at two systems and compare, I would, I would say, yes, arguably the lower limit is your, maybe your more important one to look at just because that's the earliest possible point. And if you wanted to protect all images on that print media from from noticeable fading, you would you would set as a conservation guideline. You would say we're we're going to try to keep the print under this dosage, and that's the lower limit. But you just have to also recognize that there are many there'll be many images out there on that media that can go further, and you still won't see the problem.